0: Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you're listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we share our most intimate details in an effort to help the world have a better sex life. And my guest today, I'm super excited to introduce to you all the way from Guatemala is Rodrigo. Welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Can you start by giving our listeners just a little bit of background information about you?
2: Sure. Uh, my name is Rodrigo. Uh, I am 23 years old. I live in Guatemala, in the city. Uh, I studied marketing at university. Uh, I graduated. I'm studying my master's, and I'm really excited to be here.
0: Awesome. And now, will you tell us a little bit about yourself sexually? Just give us a little introduction.
2: Okay. Well, I'm bisexual. I like to call myself, you know, a my out Bisexual, you know the, the thing is that some people know some people don't I don't really you know carry my rainbow flag with me Bye. all, all Bye. times um, but still I'm not close about it. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you, yeah, you know I'm really you could say um discreet about my sex life, mm-hmm. so this is why mm-hmm. this is a new thing for me I'm not just yeah. you know yeah. talking to the world about it, but I'm really excited.
0: For our listeners who maybe aren't terribly familiar with Guatemala or just want to know sure. what it's like, how is it for you being out or semi out there? Like, what's the <laughs> what's the sexual context that you're living in?
2: Okay, uh, well, Guatemala, as many other Latin American countries is a really traditional country, you could say really religious country also. So it's, you know, as any other religious country is a struggle, you could say, because of the fact that maybe we're not um, in the fear or at risk of violence against us. But, you know, all the LGBT uh, community is like, put aside, Mm
1: -hmm. you
2: know, Mm -hmm. if you can come out and to certain people, maybe you're going to get a lot of, you could say, discrimination, uh, job-wise, education-wise, and, you see, maybe not socially as our, you know, society, but Mm-hmm. you're probably mm-hmm. going to get uh weird looks you know as me well everyone else as a um, country we're like evolving mm-hmm. towards more open community and more open uh, or accepting community but still we're in that process so there's a lot of uh, you could say fear of coming out fear of actually uh, calling yourself as part of the lgbtq community so yeah we're getting there but we're not there yet
0: yeah so with that in mind how (laughs) did you first realize that you were bisexual and what was your early upbringing like when it came to sex do you guys have sex ed did you get a talk like what was your experience like
2: actually for us uh, the sexual education at least comes in you could say science class Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but we as as a country i think that we do get a lot of, um, at least in private education, um, because most of the people in Guatemala go to private schools. So as as a whole, we do know, you could say, a lot about sex, but still there's a lot that we don't know, you know, to say uh, about gay sex life or bisexual sex life Mm -hmm. or transsexual sex life, you know? So we, are well, the first time, that we could talk about sex is around maybe like what, what we call third grade, but for you that would be like fifth or sex sixth, sixth grade. Okay. So we get that talk around when we're 12, maybe, or 13. Uh, you know, the differences between girls and boys and, you know, and all that stuff. But still, from that point on, we kind of, some sort of information. you know, STDs, how to protect yourself. But for me, I came to realize about my sexuality probably around uh, when I was like maybe sixteen or seventeen. Well, at least that was the time that I accepted it, uh, because you know, for most of us, uh, at least for me, and uh, my first, you know, weird feelings, you could say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. towards men, yeah. Uh, came around when I was uh, maybe thirteen. But you know, I. didn't know what that was, and so I kept going with my life, and when I was maybe 17, 17, uh, you know, I started to think that maybe I even felt attracted to to men, and I came to fully accept it around when I was maybe 19, Mm -hmm. Uh, I, you know, I said, well, let's try it. (laughs) So I, when I went out with men, uh you know, it was great I think, and I thought to myself that, like, sure, this probably <laughs> this is probably why I felt Those weird feelings, you know. Yeah. But still, you know, I still uh, attracted girls. So or from my point of view, it made it a little bit harder to realize what I was or yeah. where I feel yeah. in the you know, in the spectrum because of the fact that you think at least when you're a little bit younger, you think that you like girls or you like boys, but in your mind, it's not always that easy to realize that you like both. So for me, it was not that hard to realize. it. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. didn't struggle with accepting it, but I did felt fear that I was going to be perceived as people or uh, by people and how was that going to affect uh, my life? You know, I was really young. You don't have money. You're barely studying, and how is that going to affect my life, you know, as a whole? Yeah,
0: and I would say you're still very young.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I know.
0: <laughs> so how how is it affecting your life, if at all, so far? Or actually, should we go in order? Let's start with your earlier experiences and work our way up to where you are now.
2: Sure.
0: What was the first time you remember masturbating? Do you touch yourself?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, probably, yeah, around when I was 13
0: mm-hmm.
2: or 14, maybe. Um, well, at least that was, the you know, the first time that I realized what I was doing. and mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. <laughs> you know, not anything glamorous, just, you know, okay, like, hey, this where, was good, and yeah. <laughs>
0: but where were you? Were you, like, in a bedroom? Were you in a shower? Were you out in the wilderness somewhere?
2: <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, kind of vanilla, but I was in my bedroom, you know.
0: Well, I I always wonder about that with male-bodied people because it's a little bit messier. Like, my first masturbations were in my own bed, but, like, I don't have to worry about ejaculation. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, It's you know, the first times you don't really know what you're doing and what's going to, you know, happen (laughs) at the end. Oh, yeah. Good point. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, you just clean up after yourself and <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. But yeah, uh, I really, for, at least for me, I was, you know, ever since I started, you know, you'd say getting in touch with your sexual side,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I really just went for it. And, you know, I tried new things. I said, well, this feels good. This doesn't feel that good. And, you know, just went with the flow, you know, but yeah, I started Experimented with myself, you could say, around maybe 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, actually, when I was 15, I had the chance to go on an exchange program. So mm-hmm. I went to Alward, yeah, Auburn, Washington. Auburn, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I lived there for around maybe five or six months.
0: Oh, wow. So,
2: wow. you know, coming from, uh, you could say, a third world country to a first world country, you know, uh, especially one that is, you know, the center of all media, of all, of all, you could say, information.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a big shock for us uh, at, at some point. But still, so, you know, over there, I actually uh, got the chance to live with a very open family. They really were open about talking a lot of, of these things. And actually, they were Mormon, but still, they were open. That's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, as many other exchange programs, I had a abusive brother, and that was my own age, so, we were you know, we clicked, we learned together, you could say, yeah, and yeah. experimented together, but we did learn together, so that was you know maybe the point where I thought that this wasn't a bad thing mm-hmm. or something to feel ashamed of, it was just something that you had to learn, you know, because of the fact that well, oh, i'm I'm hopeful that I'm going to have sex the rest of my life, <laughs> so <laughs> you have to learn what you like, what you don't like, and everything. <laughs> like
0: that yeah you said you did some exploring during your exchange program
2: yeah what did those
0: explorations uh, look like
2: that exploration meant that uh i lost my virginity in the exchange program yeah
0: (laughs) can you tell us the story
2: oh well uh well i when i lived over there i actually when you go an exchange program you're always the new thing you're you're like the, the kid that appear uh, in the middle of the school year yeah. and you just want to meet him, you know? So you could say that if, even if you're not popular at your, your you know country or your school, if you go on an exchange program, you're probably going to be popular because all the people want to know who you are. Yeah. So <laughs> for me, uh, that's how it started, you know? I arrived there. I made uh, a bunch of friends really quickly and uh, around the age of 16 is the film, but for us, at least, uh, is, you know, the age um, that you start experimenting not only with your body, but also you start, you know, going to parties and, you know, getting to dance a little dirty, and <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah, so, um, that's how it happened. There's nothing like, you could say much, uh, much of a story. <laughs> I went to a party, there was this girl that I really liked, and we were in a couple of classes together, and you know, it was her house, so she was like, oh, let's go to my bedroom. And I was like, okay. You know, uh, <laughs> I never considered myself, you know, like the life of the party or anything. But, mm-hmm. you know, as I told you, you're like instant popular <laughs> when you go to another country, especially when you talk in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just yes. like, oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> and, you know, Guatemala is one of those countries that you think that is all tropical mm-hmm. and people associated with, uh, you know, beaches and...
0: And coffee, and, and the volcano, yeah. and beauty. Yeah.
2: It's like something really di- different for a lot of people. So for me, it was like, okay, let's do it. And, you know, at, at first I, I thought that it was just going to be a little kissing, but it wasn't just a little kissing. As you could say. And yeah, it just happened. As I you, maybe not the most you know, interesting story it was just like, okay, I've seen a lot of you know, to say porn, Yeah, I know yeah. that that's, this is the, the thing that I have to do, so I try to do it. Uh, I don't know if it was the best, but <laughs> yeah, it definitely uh, it was an experience. You know, for me, I think that it was a great first experience, you know, just because of the fact that at least for me being in another country, it was, you know, a lot more, more interesting. <laughs> yeah. You could say, yeah. uh, And well, after my program ended, I didn't have to live with the shame of seeing her, knowing that maybe, I, you know, I wasn't that good. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was um, a really good experience, at least for being my first experience, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the full story.
0: That's amazing. Did you have experience with a little bit of kissing prior to that? Like have you oh, yeah. been with it? Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs>
2: You <Yes>. know, <laughs> uh, definitely. Um, I went to a few schools that were 50 mm-hmm. girls and boys, so we had the amazing opportunity of almost, you know, everyone in this, at school had, you know, <laughs> their kissing buddies, you know That's you could amazing. say. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, actually, I did have a friend that uh, to this day were really good friends, that we were just the kind of people that, you know, that we knew that at some point we were going to have a, a couple of girlfriends or boyfriends. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to be prepared. And so with with this friend, uh, we actually made it as a, you know, a weekly thing, you know, to, okay, we'll get together at recess. Uh, we're going to kiss a little bit, you know. And yeah, that was about it. The next week, we were, hey, I heard uh, about French kissing. You want to try it? Yeah, sure. And we tried it. So, yeah, and actually, I, I, I have to say that, that was the thing that actually made my friendship with this girl, you know yeah, a little bit stronger, yeah. and to this day we laugh about it. We don't kiss anymore, yeah, but we're you know we're really glad that it happened, you know mm-hmm. so yeah, and actually at, at that point, it wasn't a sexual thing, it wasn't even a love thing or anything. We just wanted to try new things, we wanted to you know get a little bit of experience,
0: yeah before mm-hmm. that
2: real thing happened, we wanted to be prepared, so That's... yeah, that was
0: like the best study hall
2: yeah you (laughs) know uh, that was my favorite period Uh, science teaching and then social studies
0: amazing (laughs) so from there so you did eventually have a a boyfriend or girlfriend in high school or afterwards
2: yeah you know the year after i came uh, back from the united states i had a lot another friend at my school and we had the most you know you could say high school relationship ever. Mm -hmm. We went out, we hold hands at the halls and at the cafeteria, even in class, you know, we were sitting like in different rows and we were holding hands. We're stretching ourselves to hold each other. (laughs) I brought her uh, chocolates, uh, candies and everything. Um, We went to the parties together, everyone at school, even the teachers, the other students from other grades knew that we were a couple Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know, probably went out the rest of my high school, you know, I graduated uh, being her boyfriend. and uh, Actually, when we went to to the university, uh, that's where we split, you know, in Guatemala, actually, it's not like in the United States that you go maybe to another state or really far from home. Mm -hmm. They're probably around maybe, uh, well, just 10 or 12 universities uh, in Guatemala. And most of them are in the capital city. So, But still, uh, we were like in maybe three hours apart from each other, from one school to another. And even though we lived close, I started to work when I was in the university. So mm. I didn't have time to see her. And she started work and she didn't have, have time to see me. So that was probably when we broke up and when we decided to not continue, you know. But she was the one that I. You actually experiment with, you could say, uh, besides kissing,
0: (laughs) yeah,
2: she was the one that I really had my first experiences, not only with, you could say, sex, but also with love, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that was a great first experience and probably one of the the relationships that I, you know, cherish the most Mm -hmm. because of the fact that I grew up with her, you could say, right? It was like maybe two or three years of relationship. And to be that young, I have a relationship, that's like two or three years. is, you could say, kind of impressive. Well, at yeah. least for me, looking back, it's really impressive that I managed to be the same person for three years when I was, like, 15 or 15, yeah.
0: I. That's longer than any of the relationships I've had. Like, I've had two years <laughs> on and off, but
2: I yeah. was <laughs> in my 20s and the... Well, yeah, you know, as I told you, maybe this relationship was, you know, I call it a little high school because mm. of the fact that, You know, we broke up because, I don't know, I didn't sit with her in in Spanish class or in English class. Right. But then at the end of the day, we, you know, made out, and we were together again. So, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, uh, I could say teen love. Yeah. That's the way I can describe it, actually.
0: (laughs) So in this early experience of, let's say, teenage love, you experimented sexually. How did you how did it happen did you talk about it did you just try things together did you ever say anything like i saw this did you watch porn together like i didn't have a high school relationship and you're a bit younger than i am too so like what was it like
2: well it's kind of weird because of the time when we were together well you probably heard about it is you know the quinceanera age you know Mm -hmm. for us and well as many other latin countries and Quinceañera, actually, is really fun to be in a Latin school. You may not know it, but it's really fun to be in a Latin school in the quinceañera year because all of your classmates are turning 15, so yeah. everyone does yeah. a party, you know? Oh, yeah, it's, you know, a party every weekend, and you go out every weekend, and that was what made this relationship really special, you know? Mm-hmm. And as you know, also, many, uh, you know, it's a stereotype, but... At least for us in Guatemala, it's a real st- stereotype, you know. We're really passionate, you know, especially when it comes to dance. Yeah. We do, like, a lot of dances and a lot of dances in Guatemala, or at least in Latin America, really, you could say essential. Oh, yeah. So uh, for us, uh, you know, the first experience of, you could say, that goes beyond kissing is, you know, dancing. Oh, yeah. And that's a little bit when you get to you know how comfortable you are with your partner, you know. Mm-hmm. The first time you dance, you know, you're like a little bit uh, far away. Uh, you know, you stretch your arms and you just move around. But when you're really comfortable with someone or you want them to know that you're, you know, could say um, attracted to them, you know, at some point or that you have chemistry, you really get into it, mm-hmm. into, it mm-hmm. into the dance and everything. So at least for us, that was, you know, how we started to, you know, not do it something, but realizing that we were comfortable with each other. And after that, you, just, you could say it was a natural step, you know, that we talked about how our beliefs let us do certain stuff, you know, because I, I didn't tell you this, but I'm really Catholic, mm-hmm. and she was too, so, you know, it's always the the fight I mean, that beliefs is versus what you want to do or what you don't want to do. Yeah. So yeah. for us, uh, we decided that, that if we did fall in love and we had respect for each other, that we could try to do certain yes. things, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's how it happened. You know, we really had a talk. That's how we decided to do it. And for us, actually, it was pretty simple to find a time because my parents had divorced, so at the time I just lived with my mother and my mother, you know, spent working pretty much every day, all day. So my house was available, her house was available, so we had the chance to do that. You know, it's not like we were afraid, you know, like my parents are going to walk in, right. in, the of, in the middle of safe. No, we were, you know, we had the chance to take it easy, um, not just jump into it like many other people had to do it, yeah. but yeah. We had the chance to, you know, talk, uh, what do you like, what you don't like. You know, at first it was a little bit messy, but because as any other, you know, say, uh, first experiences, yeah. It was the first time that I had sex with someone that I actually loved, actually care about. So,
0: how would you say that affected you?
2: For me, actually, it's all about being comfortable with the person. And for me, there's not anything that proves that you're comfortable more than that you say or that you feel love towards someone. And actually, well, it's, maybe it's not just or not necessarily love, but that you really need to, you know, connect with someone. And that connection, that's what makes, uh, you know, any sexual experience a little bit better, you could say, because of the fact that you really, you're not just thinking about how you're going to, you know, feel good or or enjoy it, but you're thinking about the other person too. Mm -hmm. So for me, actually, that was what made it a, a lot better, because I knew of the fact that probably you know some things that I didn't like that much but she liked it so I was going to do it okay. for
0: example what
2: <laughs> well um one of the things that I you know wasn't sure at the beginning <laughs> but I ended up liking it you know it was a lot of dirty talk
1: mm-hmm. at that time
2: you know because of the fact that you're not that creative when you're young so you're great you're you know your, your dirty talk is just like Oh, yeah, give it to me, you know? Oh, yeah. My
0: my early dirty talk was something along the lines of like, fuck, yeah, I love it. Like, I didn't know what to say. And I had a hookup buddy friend that was trying to get me to talk dirty with him. And I just didn't have the language, which is one reason I love hearing other people (laughs) dirty talk. Okay, not to put you on the spot, but maybe a little bit. How do you feel about dirty talking now? And do you have a dirty talk phrase that you could think of and tell us in Spanish?
2: <laughs> um, well, actually, uh, believe it or not, many of our dirty talking, houses here in Guatemala, is, you know, you could say bilingual. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, you're maybe having sex with a guy here that, you know, both of you speak Spanish and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, give it to me. Oh, fuck, you. Oh, fuck, fuck. Yeah, yeah you know it's, there's no reason for it it just comes out um, oh my gosh
0: do you think it has to do with porn too because i feel like the us maybe exports a lot of porn so i wonder if people pick
2: it up there probably yeah um, yeah <laughs> yeah now that i think about it probably that's the reason
0: okay that makes uh, me a little sad because i do feel like spanish is a much sexier language
2: i think that maybe it is uh, i think also that it's a little bit sexier but yeah at least for say dirty talk, it's much easier to speak English. <laughs> it's know, amazing. You know, fuck yeah, two syllables, you know? Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. True. So I right now actually I can't think about one of my phrases. Yeah. Yeah, you know the you could say translation of fuck yeah is just oh, all <laughs> C. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying you know is you could say you take out the F word. So the translation is just the yeah part. Oh
1: yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I, but, um, sure. Actually, yeah, I, I can't think of a phrase. I do like dirty talk, but, um, What
0: was the path like for you to come to like it? And was your girlfriend at the time like, talk with me, or or did you just start doing it?
2: Yeah, um, well, my girlfriend at the time, you know, she was an instant, you know, expert at it, you know? Yeah. I don't know where she got it. My but- best
0: friend is the same way. Like, when she yeah. started talking to her now-husband, she, like, had all these things, that, and we were, like, 18 at the time, and I was like, how do you know what to sh- say? And she was like, I just know.
2: Yeah, you know, it's like, a, I, I can really explain it, but for me, at least, it was, when we started, I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And you know, like, see, see. see oh, dámelo, and all this stuff. But at the end of the time, you know, I realized that she, like, you could say certain dirty will talk so she wasn't the fact that she wasn't like insulting her like oh yeah you dirty bitch and i something like that yeah but she was more than yeah. that in the you could say dirty talk of uh, you know like you could say oh yeah you're gonna come some hard from yeah. me, you know like, focusing on the, and the ending part you could say yeah
0: i'm glad you said yeah. that because i do think that there is this idea around dirty talk that it's all one type of thing and it's not and yeah, no. like i for <laughs> yeah. example i do enjoy the more derogatory like where they're saying names at me and about me Mm. but only when it's like pre-agreed upon in like a kink relationship like when i was with my former master when you know or like a dom type person they're allowed to say really derogatory rude things to me about me but with other people where we haven't talked about that if out of nowhere they were like oh you fucking bitch i'd be like wait wait stop what what are we doing because <laughs> it's like, like yeah. i feel like the context is important
2: sure yeah and for us you know uh coming up from a loving relationship you could say dirty talk comes that talk that you're talking about is really necessary you know yeah because yeah. of the fact that you know i might call you uh you know a bitch and our slot having sex and after that we're going to, you know, go to the movies, holding hands. And, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and that that's the thing. Like when I was with my Dom previously, him saying those words to me felt like he was saying sweetie pie or like honey bun. Like like they they yeah. took on a different meaning to me. And so that was that's like true. part of part of my turn on. And without that context, it's like, you called me a name, am I mad at you? <laughs> like yeah. you know, especially with someone where you don't have built-in care and trust.
2: Yeah. It's definitely something that you have to, you know, but as I told you, it's just about exploring mm-hmm. if, because of the fact that she didn't know if she liked it. I didn't like yeah. it. So we tried it. Um, at first, as, as I told you, she really enjoyed it. Yeah. For me, it wasn't that, like that. You know, you come to enjoy it because of the fact that she enjoys it. Yeah. And after that, it just hide your, you know, trick bag. So if you're with someone that really enjoys it, you take it out and you try to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to try it at least once. That's what I say. Then if you don't like it, sure. Yeah. Put it aside. Yeah. But if you you might enjoy it. Um you know, as for me actually, it was the fact that I discovered that I really enjoyed being tied up. And maybe you know, not being, you know, really tied up, like really hard or anything right. that I can uh-huh. do. What I like to feel, you know, the absence of control, you could say. Yeah. So that's something that with her, with the confidence that I had with her, I got the chance to try at a, you could say, well, a really early age. Yeah. And from that point on, I, you know, just try to explore that a little bit more and find out what other parts of it you like or what other parts you don't like, you know.
0: Wow. So what have you discovered?
2: Well, as I told you, I really enjoy being, you know, you could say a little bit sub,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or being with a dominant person. Yeah. But um, maybe not in the fact that I like to be, you know, you could say completely tied up or anything. Yeah. Just okay. to give a little bit of control to the person and actually giving the person the chance to decide what to do. And that's for me, at least, that's a really big, you could say, interesting, um, exciting thing do yeah. not know what yeah. you're going to
0: get do you feel excited by the idea of being dominated both by a man and a woman
2: yeah, yeah. actually, yeah oh that's awesome me too me too yeah.
0: <laughs> i'm just always men. curious because yeah. i do have a friend where she likes being dominated by women but not men and okay. so you know so for her so i just always like to check in and, and find out lovers this episode is sponsored by blue chew if you were listening to this you are probably like me and you love sex. And you also know that fantastic sex takes more than just a boner. But if that's all that's missing in your connection with your partner, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. You know, that's my favorite. The process is simple. Sign up at Bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with the awkwardness that exists because physicians are not often given great guidance about how to talk about sensitive personal things like boner softness, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. With Blue Chew, penis owners everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. And you know I love a good package. And I have to say, am I allowed to say this? It was very hot when I had a partner who I already had a good, trusting, open relationship. He'd been working on his anxiety, cutting down on screens, meditating, he quit smoking, he started exercising regular, cutting out processed foods, all of that stuff. He was just of a certain age, and I'll just say, the night that he told me he was making his package arrive, it was a very super hot extra layer of turn-on for me personally. So if it's for you, this is a super convenient resource. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com, chew it and do it, and we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. Oh, something we haven't really talked very much about, oral sex. Okay. Is that something that you did with your first partner? Yeah. yeah did you,
2: you know, it was actually, uh, you know, like the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to ask,
1: oh, but,
2: uh, but you want to try it, yeah. So that wasn't maybe like our first try. We both wanted to try it, mm-hmm. both doing it and receiving it, and yeah, we did it. <laughs> and actually, for us, you know, it was like a you could say quickie, our quickie option. Option, you know, yeah. If we didn't have, have a lot of time, we were just okay. Get your pants down and <laughs> just like that. <laughs> Because actually, well, I don't want to say that we were, you know, a, a sexual couple. We were not, but, um, we, I want to say maybe once a week or once every 10 days, maybe mm-hmm. we tried, you know, to try something new or to do something, to get together specifically to do that, just because of the fact, you know, because we were teenagers and we wanted to try new things. We knew maybe at that time we didn't saw it that way, we didn't see it that way. But for us, we knew that it wasn't going to be a, you know, a lifelong relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, uh, but we wanted to try and the fact that we knew that we had the trust in each other to ask each other to do things and to try new things. So, yeah, I, we actually, you know, zero sex, we did try it, did like it because put us in right, <laughs> and actually for us, it was, you know, one of the many ways that we When from that point on, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you can say, oh, yeah, how does it feel when we were doing our, well, I was doing other sex to her and she was also stimulating herself, you know, um, what does that feel? What does it feel for me? How does it feel to be, like you would say, tied up and having our sex? So actually for us, that was, you know, a little bit to explore new things that you might not be able to explore otherwise.
0: That's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about specifically how you like to be touched? Like, <laughs> like, like, are there any moves that you love or are your balls very sensitive or like, what do you have any favorites?
2: Okay. Um, actually don't, I okay. don't think that I have, you know, a specific thing about uh, I me mean that is like, oh yeah, I can come just from that. <laughs> right, right, I do have really sensitive nipples
1: mm-hmm.
2: all the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like it, but it's not like, oh, yeah, just focus on that. Yeah. But yeah, for me, or, or spend a lot of time, you know, just playing with my nipples.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: For me, it's not like that. I actually um, really enjoy, you could say, the whole experience. You could say, yes. like, as I told you, uh, I, I really enjoy the fact that to give control to their person and, you know, just do whatever you like, you know?
0: Me too. That's Better my favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that I had learned to love, you know, something about you know every part of your body and something that you could say you can do in you know the palm of my, the palm of my hands that i'm going to like you know and something that you can do with my shoulder that i'm going to like you yeah. know so maybe you could say it, it i don't know it makes you have more you know things to do
0: yeah more, you know? well and it's it's like an entire sensual experience rather than like one in and out thing
2: <laughs> yeah you know the only thing that i cannot do and i have tried it and cannot do is you know the the bottom of my feet because i'm really ticklish oh yeah so oh yeah <laughs> i really hate it and you know if, if I'm with someone and he or she starts tickling my feet or you know rubbing her hands in, to my feet i cannot take it i'm going to stop it uh, yeah and uh-huh. Yeah, and if they continue, they're probably going to, you know, call the whole thing off because. Same. You know, I can't stand it.
0: That's my number yeah. one absolute red, no, no, no. Like, like, like light tickles, like touching like that. Lovely. Where you're actually tickling me and I'm having that nerve reaction. I can't handle it.
2: I can't even stand, you know, a soft touch. Okay. I'm that ticklish. And, you know, I'm the kind of person that, you know, you just rub your finger against my feet and. You know, I'm going to start shaking and moving, yeah. and yeah. I can't stand it at all. But besides that, you know, I have learned to, you know, enjoy every part of your body mm-hmm. and incorporating that into, you know, a sexual experience.
0: Amazing. So what about your first experiences with men? Or is that skipping ahead? Should we just go chronologically and what happened next after this relationship? Um,
2: well, actually, um, after I broke up with this um, say girlfriend, I did start experimenting, you know. It wasn't. You couldn't say um, something that I was really excited about or something that I really wanted to try. It was just something that happened. Mm-hmm. As many other, you know, men that have been with other men know that when you're not prepared <laughs> to have sex with another man, and especially with you, start out being my bottom, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. are going to get a little messy. So, mm-hmm. uh, for at least for me, uh, actually, yeah, it was you know a shock and maybe something that you could say traumatic my oh, first time no. because of the fact that I wasn't, you could say, ready.
1: Yeah.
2: I didn't prepare myself for anything, but, you know, I was, you could say, traumatized for everything that happened, but the sex itself, it didn't feel bad at all. Yeah. actually it felt good, so I liked it, and um, so I was, you know, I decided that I wanted to try it again.
0: Yeah. Can I pause you there and ask you, the feelings that felt traumatic, can you say what they felt like?
2: Sure. For me, the you new know, say trauma uh, would the fact that I felt like I had done something dirty, mhm, and up to that point, I never felt that sex was dirty, yeah, but you know yeah obviously you you don't you don't uh, associate really well the pleasure of sex with you know you say shit, yeah, so. <laughs> Uh-huh. So um, um,
0: until you do, which I now do because of all of my experiences and there is not like when I go to the bathroom every day, but there is some part of me that like, yeah, because I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big fan of anal sex as well. <laughs> and so I had to make that transition. <laughs> totally.
2: Yeah. So it's, um, you say about you know, uh, so that was maybe the trauma for me because of the fact that it was the first time that I associated those two things. Yeah. But after that, actually, um, you know, I decided to investigate and to learn mm-hmm. a little bit of it about how does it work and, mm-hmm. and how to prevent those things. And um, you know also how to communicate with, you know, any sexual partners, even if it's a casual partner, how to communicate these things. and So, you know, I decided to try it again, maybe it was just a one-time thing and to prepare myself for it, so Mm -hmm. I did. Actually, it wasn't, you know, I don't want to say it was a one night stand, but that was the only time that I had had sex with him, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of the fact that we went out a couple of times, you know, and before we had sex and after we had sex, but that was the only time that we had sex, so... Or you know, it was kind of a one night stand, you could say.
0: That's the closest I have a situation like that that's the closest I have to a one night stand. I don't think it's really I think a real one night stand is someone you go out, they're a stranger, you meet them, you do it, and then you don't talk again. That's yeah. my fantasy about a, a real <laughs> one night stand.
2: Sure. Uh yeah, but you know, for me actually I and mean, it was the like it felt weird because of the fact that it was the the first time that I was also with a man. Mm-hmm so i don't know I, as i told you i think i felt like the fact that i felt all those you could say fears of, of repeating myself made me realize that you know i didn't want to have sex with him again mm. so yeah we broke that off, and you know my next relationship you say relationship but it wasn't a relationship you know uh, my first almost white man stand yeah was yeah. um i don't want to say experience but I was more informed and that's one of the things that I really think that even if if it sounds like maybe homework or something, that it's really necessary, especially when you're young and you're having sex, that you really need to get informed, right, yeah. about what's going to happen, how you're going, how your body is going to react to certain things, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, I actually, you know, I met a guy, we liked each other, we were on a date, we had sex and it wasn't bad, you know. So I think, I thought to myself, well, this is for me, this is what, I like this. So um, that was, you know, the point of transition, you could say, when I started to call myself, you know, and to tell myself that I like being with men too. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that was a wonderful time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, actually, you know, I did went out with this guy. you could say, for a medium period of time, you could say, maybe a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And we broke up and everything, you know. But at this time, I was happy because, uh, because the fact that I knew that I, well, I discovered something new about, my, about myself and, you know, with him, I got a chance to, you know, well, top, bottom, uh, you know. Yeah. So for me, I think that for any guy that was, you know, or that is one consider himself straight, being at top is not just, is nothing that special. <laughs> yeah you're used to it and, and uh, well it feels different but at the same time you, you know you could say it's a known motion so you're kind of used to it but for me knowing that i did like bottoming
1: mm-hmm.
2: actually for me it was an exciting time
1: yeah
2: i actually you don't get to experience many times you know mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. You're with a man and a lot of girls are freaked out when you tell them that yeah you put your finger pop my butt or something like that so mm. so maybe that's why I think maybe um, people don't get to experience you know that kind of I know experience. I wish you
0: know, I, I really wish everyone would try a finger up their butt at least three times I think three is a good number I had a friend I think it is because I had a friend tell me this once and I've stolen it from him um, he said the first time you don't have to know you you're, you may not like it you don't know what's going to happen the second time it might be the same the third time if you still don't like it then you know for sure that's his measuring stick
2: yeah <laughs> yeah you know uh, and yeah. as i told you it's probably just even if it's you know anal sex i think that you really have people think that you know there's just one way to do any anal sex yeah. but there's probably a lot of things that you can do you know and to um you know, not only make it feel better, but make your partner feel more comfortable. Yeah. You could say. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that for me was you know, uh, groundbreaking. You know, news for me that I liked being a bottom. And yeah, and after that actually, I experienced with him a lot. Well, I you know a lot of new experiences. You know, how to be dominated by a man.
0: Yeah. How he felt. Yeah. Uh,
2: you know, how to do oral sex to a man. What was that, that like?
0: He, how was it for you?
2: You know, intimidating <laughs> at some point, but at the end of the day, actually, um, I think for us, at least it's a little bit easier, you could say, because of the fact that we know what we like, you know, okay, uh, we know what we like. So um, we get to, you know, project <laughs> what we like in the other person,
1: uh-huh.
2: even uh-huh. though not everyone likes the same thing. Um, you know, it's a good starting point, I think. Yeah, you, know, you can start with the basics. And then you can explore and get to know the other person and what they like. You know, you're know, doing oral sex while stimulating your ass or something like that. Yeah. But, um, have you, know, you
0: ever 69 with a man? I've never asked this question. Uh, well, How is it? Is it yeah. Does How does it work logistically? Like I feel like it's,
2: <laughs> you know, for me, actually, I have this man, um, Not at that point, but Mm -hmm. I have 69 and I don't know, it's just like, for me, when you get to that 69, it's just like, you're really horny and you just go with the flow, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And for me, actually, it's, you could say a little bit hard because of the fact that, well, in feet, I'm six feet, I think. Mm -hmm. In Guatemala, it's like 181 centimeters, Mm but mm I'm a really tall person in Guatemala. So a lot of people, you know, and the standard here is maybe like, Five five. Yeah. Yeah. Five 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 six. Mm-hmm. So I'm. You can say I'm a lot taller, uh, above the average. Yeah. So um, for us, it's really hard because of the fact that a lot of people are really small. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, such um, a
0: good point.
2: Yeah, in the 69 motion, you could say um, it's not like necessary, but it really helps if you're like around the same height. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, um, you know, I had to do a lot of neck, neck exercises, you know, you have to, you know, lean forward a little bit <laughs> to, you know, reach what you want to reach. And, so you know, because of my experience and, uh, you know, a lot of experience with high differences, you just go with the flow. You just like, okay, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to do something with whatever I can reach in your body. So, yeah, so, yeah that's. But I do like it, and I think that you, like, you know, you're, like, really into it, and really into, you know, the the sex at that point. It's, like, a great thing to do, and I think that everyone should try it, and everyone should do it, because of the fact that, you know, you're just all giving pleasure to each other, yeah. In you know, the, you could say, well, usually the most uh, sensitive or uh, erotic places that you could give pleasure to the other person, so... Yeah, I think that, you know, for me, at least, it was something new that I had to try because of the fact that, you know, you see it in, in porn, you hear it as a joke, you know. Yeah. And yeah. every time that you see a 69 anywhere, you're like a little giggle, you giggle a little <laughs> bit. I,
0: I went to the grocery store a month or two ago and my receipt was 6969 and I just laughed.
2: Yeah, you know, it's incredible it's when you have heard of it, everyone <laughs> has yeah, it. Yeah. You know, heard of it. So you have to try it at least once. And I tried it. I loved it. And as now is, you know, one of my regular go-tos mm-hmm. when you're not like really into it. You're really horny and you want to do something like to get it all out. Yeah. Get it out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for me, uh, that's one of the experiences that I really enjoy more doing it with men than with women.
0: Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor, and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice, so I am very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily. A babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others, or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now. Express your desires freely and find like-minded people today.
2: Yes, um, and yeah, you cool. know, you for, at least for me actually that's one of the wonders of being bisexual, and the fact that you know you know that you like to do some things with women, you like to, you know that you like to do some things with men,
0: mm-hmm. so
2: mm-hmm. you get to. You know, as kind Montana would say, the best of both yeah. worlds. world. You know? <laughs>
0: cool. What about other butt stuff? For example, rim jobs. Have you played around with those? Because that oh, yeah. was a big deal for me. Like the first time that my partner was like, and now lick my butthole. I was like, wait, what? I didn't know it was a thing. Um, and, yeah. then, and then it turned into something I grew to really love.
2: Well, for me, actually, it was the fact that I learned to do it. You can say because I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that, you know, at least your first time is bottoming, you have to, you know, prepare yeah, yourself, yeah. prepare the field, to, you know, everything. So, first it was like, you know, a chore. you like, yeah, yeah, just go down and do it a little bit and then we can, can move forward. But at the end of the day, I really learned to enjoy it. You know, I really love, you know, getting rimmed while, you know, I'm jacking off or someone yeah. is jacking me off. So, you know, I learned to love it.
0: Oh, that's hot. Yeah. Okay. So chronologically, what happened next? So you were okay. single, you were seeing guys.
2: After, you know, my experiment, and you could say, I got a girlfriend. Um, we were, you know, you could say stable. Uh, we went out for the first two years of my university.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And at this point, actually, I could say that I had my first mature relationship. Yeah you know, it was not just about sex, it was not just about other things, it was, you know, we lived it all. We had a lot of, you know, trips, we went uh, around, you know, a road trip around Guatemala, mm. we went to El Salvador, uh, we went to Belize, oh. you know, then we had money. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we just, we, we worked, at least universities in Guatemala are not as expensive as there are in the United States, so mm you can easily, you know, pay your university and have a lot of money to save. Well, not a lot, but, you know, a reasonable amount of money to save for whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for us, it was, you know, that great experience of really, you know, enjoying ourselves, not only, you know, sexually, but also, you know, as as young people and to travel and get to meet new people all around Guatemala and get to know, you know, new places in Guatemala you probably don't know that it exists. So for us, it was, you know, our great experience up towards, you know, the end of our relationship, That I think that we're going to talk about it right now.
0: Do you want yeah. to tell us? Do you feel comfortable uh, sure. telling us? Sure.
2: Well, we were, you know, in the second, my, I remember, yeah, second year of my university, actually my girlfriend got pregnant.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: For us actually, at first, it was a shock as you know, everyone will get a shocker, but, uh, You could say that uh, we accepted it kind of quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, We knew that at the end of the day, uh, we screwed up and that we had, uh, I I think that we had a responsibility. Mm -hmm. None of us uh, thought of abortion as a choice. Mm -hmm. So we thought that we were going to, you know, I don't want to say. We were going to be team parents because we were not teens anymore, uh, yeah. but at the end of the day we knew that it was it's hard you know I mean, you don't really you know you have the money for you and made for a lot of you know little things, but you definitely don't have to you don't yeah. have the money as a child so uh, we were scared, but at the end of the day we were excited at at some point we were really mm-hmm. hopeful that, that we were going to you know make a good family, that we're going to be good parents for that child. And uh, actually, um, at the end of that year, I had to go out of the country, I had to travel to uh, Nicaragua for a couple of days. Um you know, while well, keeping in touch with her, uh, she told me a, a couple of things, times that she wasn't feeling that good, that she was, you know, having a, some kind of trouble. And she went to the doctor, the doctor, you know, gave her some you know, exercises and pills that you could take to, you know, calm her down and everything. But after I came back, uh, actually I came back the next day. I came back, you know, we'd say like maybe a Tuesday,
1: mm-hmm.
2: on the Thursday of that week. She was, you know, maybe like at 10, 11 PM she texted me, you know, Hey I need you, come here and I went to her house and she was just with her sister. And uh we went to the hospital and we found out that she had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, actually, it was, uh, a shock. Um, and you could say at some point, um, I don't want to say that we felt disappointed, but we really felt, I I don't know actually how to, you know, verbalize it is, you know, it's a weird feeling because of the fact that at least for me, I felt kind of really, really relieved. Mm-hmm. at some point because of the fact that I wasn't going to have to struggle for a lot of things. But on the other hand, I really, really wanted to be a parent. And I was—I already, you know, you could say, uh, you know, got my mind around it. And yeah. I, you know, I thought that I actually could be a good parent. So for me, actually, that was, you know, you could say I have mental conflict, because of the fact that you have, you know, your young men perspective and you have your, I want it to be a that perspective. So for me, actually, that was, you know, uh, a really, really hard time, you know, especially for the first couple of days. And also for me, actually, uh, for any other man that has gone through something similar, from is, you know, the fact that you feel at some point that you can't feel as bad because of the fact that uh, you're not the one that had the miscarriage you know, Mm. that maybe, you know, I, even if I was going through something, through through some things, uh, my girlfriend was a whole lot worse than I was. Mm. And I could only imagine how she felt and everything. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, conflicted, a little bit conflicted for, for, for us. But um, at the end of the day, I decided that I was going to put myself you know, in second place, and make sure that she was okay, and that she was going, um, well, that she was going to get over it. So um, for me, actually, that was, looking back, is probably the, the worst choice that I could have, you know, done. But in
1: mm-hmm.
2: some point, I really feel that, at least I feel grateful that I did it because of the fact that she was okay, and she's okay, to you know, she had a couple of, you know, suicide attempts. because of it, the fact that you had to go, you know, through that with her. And uh, so that was, you know, a breaking point for me. And uh, really, I think that my life actually goes before that and after that, Mm -hmm. for me, at least, because of the fact that it has, you know, consequences in my life, you know, still with me to this day. But um, at least at that point, a lot of my friends actually well, we had a, you know, a, a small group of friends and as a whole, they all, we all, you know, put her first as a priority. And even though I went through similar, you could say things and, you know, part of the same experience, I accepted that because of the fact that, you know, as, you know, as a male and as, especially as a male in a parental relationship with her, I really believe that she went through a lot of worse that I went through Mm. that maybe we weren't, you know, there for her. She might have gone, you know, we had a lot of for her. And so, yeah, that was, you know, the whole experience of that for me. And you could say that has affected my relationship life and my love life, my safe life up to this point. Um, Because of the fact that, well, a couple of months after that, you know, I actually got diagnosed uh, with depression, mm-hmm. or what we call, I don't know how it's called in English, so I'm like, you know, the rough translation, persistent depression syndrome, I could say.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, at first, it just started with a lot of the normal kind of depression, but at the end of the day, has evolved uh, to be in this, and uh, that's probably, you know, the story that originated a lot of things. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> and, I think that I have something a little more that <laughs> is too much and I don't know if you have any questions.
0: If you feel comfortable sharing, I would love to hear how you feel it's affected you and how I believe that we don't necessarily talk enough about how mental health affects our entire lives, but also specifically our sexual selves. And so if you feel comfortable sharing a few words of, you know, before this event and you were twenty when it happened.
2: 20, was, uh, let me think, uh, yeah, yeah. I just turned 20.
0: So that was only a few years ago, so what yeah. What have the feelings been, and if you feel comfortable sharing, how has it affected your sex life?
2: Sure, well, first of all, uh, to give a little context, as many of you might know, um, for us, uh, Latin American culture um, have a uh, real stigma and a real, you know, you can say men especially get a lot get a little defensive when it comes to mental health yeah. we don't really get the chance to talk about it we don't really get the chance to you know show that weakness or, or vulnerability so for us actually is you know you could say weird because of the fact that you feel from a very young age that um, you can't do certain stuff that might you know help you in some ways but you can do it you know go to a psychology Clinic or virtual psychiatrist in case we need it. So it's kind of hard for us to even get diagnosed with something when it comes to mental health. So for me, actually, it uh, that's how it happened. You know, I went through all of this. A couple of months later, when I really, really, really felt like I needed, it, I went uh, to a, a clinic. You know, a psychology clinic, and. You know, at the first, for me at least, it was, you know, I was all secretive about it, you know, I didn't want anyone to know about it. So actually, my one woman who went with me was my grandma.
1: Mm-hmm. She was like
2: the only one that I really knew about what had happened. So she went with me and we went and they sent me to a psychiatrist, actually, uh, because they actually thought that what I had was, uh, well, depression mm-hmm. as a whole. So for me actually that was, you know, the first step, but that was two months, three months maybe after all that. Yeah. So yeah. as any other disease you could say leaving it there and not doing anything about it is going only going to get worse and worse and worse. So when I finally reached out, it was kind of bad you could say for me. Yeah. So for me actually that was you could say a big step forward, but at the same time it just made me realize how I screwed up. Because I, you know, didn't reach out earlier, and it's it's hard and it's also hard because of the fact that you get, you know, prescribed with pills and what that's going to do for your body, for you, you know, everything, and you know, it's, it's a fight between wanting to feel good because of the, the fact that you know you need these things and the fact that. If you take a lot of it and you take them for a long time, you're going to get addicted to it. Yeah. And you're yeah. not going to be able to, you know, live your life without them. So, you know, it's also a struggle between those two things. But at the end of the day, I started taking them. The first time that I realized all of that really affected my relationship. Well, at first well, I broke up with this girlfriend of mine. We realized that we were not going to be able to look at each other without remembering everything. Yeah. And for our mental health and for everything, we decided that it was, the best thing to do was to, you know, part ways. and We're still friends this day, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. know, we're not close friends. We talk once every, you know, three, four months yeah. just to make sure that the other person is okay. And because of the fact that we went through a lot of things together, but at the end of the day, we knew that being in that relationship with you not know, Was not good for us, so we broke up. And the first time that I actually realized that everything affected my relationships and my love life, it was uh, when I got the chance to be with another girl, uh, not sexually, but you know, uh, as a couple. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Because of the fact that when she told me, "Yeah, you know, I like you, you wanna, you know, take this to the next level," I said, "Well, sure, okay," but uh, you know, I disappeared for a week, you know. (laughs) Because of the fact that I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't stand the idea that someone wanted to be with me at that point, and that someone wanted to be part of my messy, messy life. Yeah. For me, actually, that was the first, you know, like, red flag for me, because of the fact that I knew that that was normal, that I really liked that girl. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I, I told myself that I really wanted to be with her, and that I... Sure, you know, just smooth off the way back into, you know, her life. Yeah. But yeah. for me, actually, there was another part of me that didn't even let me pick up my phone to text her or to call her or, you know, everything. So it was, a, you know, a big struggle for me that way. Maybe it's not like I'm, you know, the most handsome or the most, uh, you could say, uh, socially active person, but... After that, I had like three in a row chances to be with someone in a relationship mm-hmm. or, you know, as a couple or whatever. We were at a place where, you know, we were having fun, but at the point when we had to, you know, start making a commitment and formalizing things, that's when I realized that I couldn't do it. And even with one person, I you know, we said, okay, and, yeah, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. Sure. We went out, and you know I couldn't stand the, chance, the the moment of picking her up and going to a restaurant. I it was you know you could say mental torture for me.
1: Yeah.
2: And not because of the fact that you know I have relationship issues or whatever, because uh, I truly believe that I don't. But you see this person, and inside of you, you get you know the idea of what if it happens again. What am I going to do if, you know, the other girl gets pregnant? Yeah. What if she loses the baby or or all that? So for me, actually, it was, and, well, it, and the interesting thing is that it wasn't just with girls, mm. because well, you will think, well, how am I going to be pregnant? Right. But, you know, it's just the fact that inside of you, you think, how am I going to manage to go through another crisis with this person? Yeah. And... Yeah. You know, for me, actually, it was maybe two years of really struggling with that and not really having a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was a a struggle, and to this day, it is a struggle. And also, I think that, at least talking about, you know, my sex life, as I told you, uh, at least for me, I'm a, a person that really enjoys or really likes to have you know, trust with another person, or, you know, having that level of intimacy. So for me, actually, being with someone and not being able to connect at any level, it, I don't want to say ruined my self-life, but it definitely affected it. Yeah. And made it a lot, you know, uh, harder to, you know, even to find someone for one extent Because of the fact that I knew that it wasn't going to be as good as I wanted to be. Because of the fact that I couldn't connect with someone, you know. Yeah. So for me, actually, that was a hard time for my life. Actually, um, after that, actually, I decided to stop taking the pills and, you know, fight with uh, with a person by uh, by myself. But um, I think that I didn't like, or at least at that point, I didn't know if many of the relationships I have made. For the past two years like the pill influenced me or who i really am because it's it's fascinating the fact that you take one little pill and your personality changes a lot Mm -hmm. you know and also with yourself you don't know if the pill influence you is really you and so you get you know it's it's a, a a process of getting to know yourself again your current relations to get to know you again and to be comfortable enough with yourself to be able to get with a person and in a relationship, even, you know, it feels weird. And maybe at times it feels like it's not possible to be comfortable being yourself with a one-day stand, Yeah, but it's something that you need to do to get comfortable with yourself being, you know, just having sex with someone and then leaving them, never seeing them again. And even to that point, you need to get at least comfortable with yourself. I really, you know, struggle because of the fact that you need to. Well, at least you need to know what you like and what you want. And at that point, I don't. I don't like to use the word uh, a lot. Disability,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: at least for me, mental illness. It's, it is a disability because of the fact that it's something that doesn't allow you in your life. You know. As your life to continue, and you know it's, uh, you say, obstacle in your life, you know, that you need to get over. So, um, for me, uh, being a a person with a disability, you really need to get comfortable with it, as any other disability, and you really need to um, find a way to live your life with it, because of the fact, especially with like what I have, that is, uh, this persistent depression. It's something that is not going to go away really easily. So I had to manage how to, you know, have it with me without it being me. You know, I I don't know if it's understandable. but uh,
0: If I'm understanding you, it sounds like it's a part of you, but it doesn't define you. It's not all
2: of you. Yeah. So for me, actually, getting uh, comfortable with that and to get comfortable enough to, you know, being in a relationship, comfortable enough to, you know, uh, opening your sex life to other people. It's a process. It's really hard, especially in countries like mine that are not open to it. It's even harder. And countries like mine where you don't really get a lot of depressed bisexuals, you know, as a whole. You know.
0: <laughs> or or maybe there are more than you think and people yeah. just aren't talking about
2: it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to, you know, get someone who really, you know, understands the process that you need to go through. Even professionals, you know, health professionals um, don't get a lot of these cases. Yeah. Yeah. At least in Guatemala they're, you know, used to dealing with divorces, sure. Academic struggles, but maybe not many adult problems, definitely not, uh, you know, adult problems where by itself, you know, the person is really, you could say, under a lot of fire constantly because of their sexual orientation, Yeah. but also because of, you know, internal struggles and internal, you could say, trauma. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a process of first accepting it, you know, it's like the five stages of grief. Could say, yeah. <laughs> but because of the first first step is actually, uh, you know, you get mad, you get resentful, you try to ask God or whatever you believe in to take it away. But at the end of the day, uh, when you really get to accept that part of your life, and you know you have it as your as your starting point, you know, just like the blow job, you know, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know the starting point, and you just know you gotta, you know. Discover where to go next and what's your next move and and for me actually the first moon yeah, if I told you was taking out the pills and really getting to know myself again getting to get comfortable with myself again and after that you know just trying to present that to the world first the people that I really feel comfortable around and you know towards the thing that I'm currently doing that is. You know getting myself out there again even if it's you know just getting you know uh into a sexual relationship or or a real you, know, you could say emotional relationship
1: yeah
2: or whatever relationship i <laughs> i can find but i'm just starting to get open to that
0: okay so you are feeling like maybe the beginnings of going back out yeah. there okay
2: as i tell you i'm really into you know not you know getting all the way out there Mm -hmm. but just starting, you know getting your feet in the pool and everything you know yeah (laughs) just getting a taste of everything
0: what does that Uh, look like for you are there dating apps is it just being open to talking to people is it just in your mind and heart at this point
2: at least for me actually i just uh, especially this year i decided to do new things Mm -hmm. and that's for me that's many new people that's the way that i want to go because of the fact that that i know that these new people are going to look at me and perceive me the way that i am now not comparing you know to the person that i was two years three years ago before everything happened but the person that i am right now and maybe that's i think that for any recovery you could say um patient yeah one thing that is really um important is to people to get to know you for who you are at that point. Um at least for me actually that's you know one of the best ways to get over it. Actually last week I went to a volcano here and you know we climbed the volcano with a group of people that I have never met. You know, so I well we were like thirty five mm-hmm. people and we were all young people. So for me actually that felt like uh, refreshing. Yeah. definitely yeah. because of the fact that I got to new, new people that you could say they don't look at you like like you change a lot or they don't look at you like um oh, you know you could say uh, a depressed person yeah. because of the fact that I'm, I'm, I love my friends and I really care for them and everything but they know yeah. about it so they look at you and it, you can be sad one day because they think that You're going through a lot of things, and that it's a depression attack, and they need to help you. You know, sometimes you feel sad. So, for me, actually, that was really refreshing. And I am trying to, as I told you, to many people to get new experiences. I don't think that I'm ready for a relationship, we could say, as to this point, Mm -hmm. but I'm open to it. If it comes to me, I'm hopeful that I will be able to, you know. Uh, get into it, and you know get comfortable with the person with anyone as you know, yeah, so for me actually yeah it's it's a new chapter, and I can't say that I'm not going through through those feelings and thoughts anymore, but i I think that I'm at one point that you can understand them mm-hmm. and that you can live with them you know? Beautiful. Yeah.
0: If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sexual advice or a couple pieces, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? Okay.
2: Um, probably I'll go back to my pre- exchange program self, you know? Mm-hmm. And just tell myself that well, maybe like you're going to be bisexual, so start experimenting with men too,
1: mm-hmm.
2: because it's probably going to be a little bit easier in the United States. Than it's going to be more about, us, yeah?
0: good point. <laughs> yeah,
2: so <laughs> <But> probably <laughs> something like that, um, you know. And I will go back to my, you know, uh, a little bit post miscarriage part of me um, and tell myself to, you know, really get some help. Um, because of the fact that it's when uh, some people think that it doesn't affect every part of your life, but it does affect every part of your life. And as I told you, you know, maybe for me it's really hard to think, or for many people it's really hard to think that depression or any mental illness affects even your sex life. You know, as we're discussing right now yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah but um, but it really does, and even if it, you know, feels a little, you could say cheesy to say that you need to be comfortable with your partner and you need to you know, have a connection with your partner. Uh, I believe that you can say that up until the moment where you lost and you lose the connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until that moment, because even if it's with a, a casual partner or with a one stand, you have a certain connection, yes. and even if it's sexual connection, it's sexual connection. But when you go through all of these things and you have, you know, kind of this kind of disabilities, you lose any connection, all the connections and you can have any. So I will get myself help earlier. Yeah. And even if I have to drag myself to, you know, through the city together, I will, I will do it because of the fact that I know that, you know, if you want to, th- I think that is happy life. You know, happy mind, happy life for me. So I will do that. Yeah, definitely those two times. Love it.
0: Thank you. Lovely humans. Thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work that I put into this podcast, I would love it if you took the time to leave us five stars and a nice review wherever you get your podcast, especially Spotify, since last year's troll attack on our ratings is still affecting our ability to be found via search. I do love getting to know you and hearing your stories and meeting you lovely humans in real life. And remember, if you want to collaborate, apply to be a guest or leave us a single story voice memo via xstoriespodcast.com or sexstoriespodcast.com. Sex stories are always going to be my favorite, but now I also have question lists for love, friendship, dating, relationships, marriage, divorce, secrets, and so much more so that we can learn about connection through each other's experiences. I fucking love getting your emails and voice memos and receiving thoughtful noodle messages. It truly is hearing from you that fuels this work for me. And if you want to go deeper with me, get to know me, and support this podcast in meaningful, concrete ways, find me on Patreon, OnlyFans, FetLife, Venmo, Cash App, and all social media platforms at YOLI, or work with me privately for photo and video shoots, relationship support, creative breakthrough sessions, and retreats yole.com slash links is where you can find the list of all the ways to play with me and the link is in the description below thank you for joining me to spread ripples of love to co-create a world where taking care of each other is the norm thank you for spoiling and inspiring me with your stories and your support please take care of yourselves take care of each other and remember to share stories in the name of lovely human connection